Greetings, kind soul, and welcome to Babylon Rising, a queer podcast about liberatory magics, art, and the occult. I am your host, Rhea. I use they, them, and theirs pronouns only, and I'm so grateful to have you here with me. first episode of this rebooted podcast, we will be exploring the Red Goddess herself and the namesake of this program, Babylon. We will be listening to readings, talk about her origin, and talk about some relevant concepts. So, without further ado, Ave Babylon! Revelation chapter 17 verses 1 through 7. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came to me and said, Come and I will show you how the famous prostitute is to be punished, that great city that is built near many rivers. The kings of the earth practiced sexual immorality with her, and the people of the world became drunk from drinking the wine of her immorality. The spirit took control of me, and the angel carried me to a desert. There, I saw a woman sitting on a red beast that had names insulting to God written all over it. The beast had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and covered with gold ornaments, precious stones, and pearls. In her hand, she held a gold cup full of obscene and filthy things, the result of her immorality. On her forehead was written a name that has a secret meaning, Great Babylon, the mother of all prostitutes and perverts in the world. And I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of God's people and the blood of those who were killed because they had been loyal to Jesus. When I saw her, I was completely amazed. Why are you amazed? The angel asked me. I will tell you the secret meaning of the woman and the beast that carries her the beast with seven heads and ten horns. I'm sure that some of you may be surprised that the first of our readings was from the Bible. Um, and if you're curious, I was reading from today's English version. However, the Bible is an important instance of Babylon prior to the way we know her today um, because it was most likely an inspiration to Mr. Aleister Crowley's revelations of Babylon um, through his own spiritual explorations. 
his family were extremely religious and were strict Christians, and Revelation is a book of the Bible that may have just captured Crowley's imagination as a young kid, something I can relate to as well as a queer black sheep to my own religious fundamentalist family who often referred to myself as devilish or demonic. Crowley's own mother often refers to him as the beast in reference to Revelation, which is both kind of sad and extremely relatable. None that are earthly have embraced me, for I am shadowed with the circle of the stars and covered with the morning clouds. My feet are swifter than the winds, and my hands are sweeter than the morning My garments are from the beginning, and my dwelling place is in myself. The lion knows not where I walk, neither do the beast of the fields understand me. I am deflowered, yet a virgin. I sanctify and am not sanctified. Happy is he that embraces me, for in the night season I am sweet, and in the day full of pleasure. My company is a harmony of many symbols, and my lips sweeter than health itself. I am a harlot for such as ravish me, and a virgin with such as know me not. For lo, I am loved of many, and I am a lover too many. And as many as come unto me as they should do, have entertainment. Purge your streets, O ye sons of men, and wash your houses clean. Make yourselves holy, and put on righteousness. Cast out your old strumpets, and burn their clothes. Abstain from the company of other women that are defiled, that are sluttish, and are not so handsome and beautiful as I. And then I will come and dwell amongst you. And behold, I will bring forth children unto you, and they shall be the sons unto comfort. I will open my garments and stand naked before you, that your love may be more inflamed towards me. That message was received by Edward Kelly while scrying in the 7th Aether of Deo and comes next, chronologically speaking. Um, Though the proper establishment of our goddess Babylon close to the way we understand her today is um, thanks to Aleister Crowley and the religion he began called Thelema. Um, And it's also important to point out that clearly Babylon has evolved past the point of just a Thelemic goddess, um, if the creation of this podcast is any indication, in addition to the fact that I myself am not a practicing Thelemite. Um, however, a reading of The Daughter of Fortitude helps us to 
take a few steps closer to understanding some of the associations with our sacred horror. Um, those associations being duality, feminine sexuality, the earthly realm, sex work, um, liberation of women and femmes, the erotic, divine pleasure, sex magic slash ritualistic sex, and sexual exploration. Um, and it's also important for me to say that although I do love to read the Daughter of Fortitude, and it is something that I go back to on my own time, not just in the context of um, this show, it would be wrong of me not to point out the, um, the fact that some of the imagery is an indication of the lens we are getting a glimpse of Babylon through. Um, ah, some of the imagery is like very of its time and very, you know, of a certain type of individual and might also have been specific to Mr. Kelly, you know, um, which is the case whenever you are looking at um, most religious texts, you know, we always have to take into account the lens, the lens they are coming through. So I'd like to point that out. You know, I don't love all of the imagery, throwing out your strumpets, none as handsome as I, that kind of thing. But I understand that it's wholly metaphorical. It's not, you're not actually supposed to throw ugly women into the streets. Please don't take that from this reading. Um, but it's still not my favorite imagery. And I'd like to acknowledge that, especially in case you were thinking the same thing. I see you. Anyways, I think we should move on from here for now. Excerpts from the Vision and the Void. The fifteenth aether. Lo, I gather up every spirit that is pure and weave him unto my vesture of flame. I lick up the lives of men and their souls sparkle from mine eyes. I am the mighty sorceress, the lust of the spirit, and by my dancing I gather for my mother Nuit the heads of all them that are baptized in the waters of life. I am the lust of the spirit that eateth up the soul of man. I have prepared prepared a feast for the adepts, and they that partake thereof shall see God. The Twelfth Aether. This is the mystery of Babylon, the mother of abominations, and this is the mystery of her adulteries, for she hath yielded up herself to everything that liveth, and hath become a partaker in its mystery. And because she hath made herself the servant of each, therefore is she mistress of all. Not yet canst thou comprehend her glory. Beautiful art thou, O Babylon, and desirable, for thou hast given thyself to everything that liveth, and thy weakness hath subdued their strength. For in that union thou didst understand, therefore art thou called understanding. O Babylon, Lady of the Night, this is that which is written. O my God, in one last rapture, 
let me attain to the union with the many, for she is love, and her love is one, and she hath divided the one love into infinite love, and each love is one and equal to the one, and therefore is she has passed from the assembly and the law and the enlightenment unto the anarchy of solitude and darkness. Forever thus must she veil the brilliance of herself. O Babylon, Babylon, thou mighty mother that ridest upon the crowned beast, let me be drunken upon the wine of thy fornications. Let thy kisses wanton me unto death, that even I, thy cupbearer, may understand. This is the daughter this of Babylon the, the beautiful, Babylon the beautiful, that she hath borne unto the father of all, and unto all hath she borne her. This is the daughter of the king, this is the virgin of eternity. This is she that the Holy One hath rested from the giant time, and the prize of them that have overcome space. This is she that is set upon the throne of understanding. Holy, holy. Holy, holy is her name, not to be spoken among men. For Kor, they have called her, and Malkuth, and Betula, and Persephone, and the poets have feigned songs about her, and the prophets have spoken vain things, and the young men have dreamed vain dreams. But this is she, that immaculate, the name of whose name may not be spoken. Though though thought cannot pierce the glory that defendeth her, for thought is smitten dead before her presence, memory is blank, and in the most ancient books of magic are neither words to conjure her, nor adorations to praise her. Will bends like a reed in the temptress that sweep the borders of her kingdom, and imagination cannot figure so much as one petal of the lilies whereon she standeth in the lake of crystal in the sea of glass this is she that hath bedecked her hair this is she that hath bedecked her hair with seven stars the seven breaths of god that move and thrill its excellence and she hath tied her hair with seven combs whereupon are written the seven secret names of god that are not known even of the angels or of the archangels or of the leader of the armies of the lord Holy, 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 art thou, and thy blessed be thy name forever, unto whom the aeons are but the pulsings of thy blood. The fourth aether. Nos ki salas infamiam, infandi, nefandi, dao soloset, los ki didit signum non scribendum, los virgini quies strupram tracit salutem. salutem. 
the second aether. I am the harlot that shaketh death. This shaking giveth the peace of satiate lust. Immorality jetteth from my skull and music from my vulva. Mortality jetteth from my vulva also. For my whoredom is a sweet scent like a seven-stringed instrument, played unto God the invisible, the all-ruler, that giveth along giving the shrill scream of orgasm. And that which thou hearest is but the dropping of the dews of my limbs. For I dance in the night naked upon the grass, in shadowy places by running streams. And that was the final reading of this episode. I hope you enjoyed those readings as much as I enjoyed reading them to you. Um, And if you didn't enjoy them, please don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I would like to point out once again, before we get into the final thoughts, that Babylon is the namesake of this show. Because when I first learned about this goddess, this archetype called Babylon, I was immediately inspired to create this show so i'd like you to keep that in mind that should be a good indicator of my passion for babylon um and i'd like to talk a little bit about why i'm so passionate about this archetype um the main reason is because my interpretation of babylon is a queering of femininity she is really subversive to some of the kind of harmful messages we get about um, how we should be feminine or what that means for us and the people around us. You know, she is overtly sexual. She isn't a Madonna or a whore. She's both. Um, She's also a mother slash earth goddess, uh, but she also talks about her connection to the skies above. She doesn't fit into one way of thinking about femininity and she is proud of that um and she shows that off um which i love that's so inspiring those same messages have been really harmful to me i mean i love to think of myself as this like really stubborn as all heck person but it's still really hurtful to hear you know, messages about being pressured to suppress my sexuality or my sexual urges, to suppress the kinds of things that I'm interested in around others who will possibly judge me, to hide my body, to dress in a way that is ugly so people won't ever look at me. And if people look at me, I should be punished. Those things are not things that concern Babylon. And those are things that concern us human people, but Babylon inspires me personally to to um, try to overcome those things for as long as I can. Even though that's really hard because when you don't fit into these boxes, um, whereas when Babylon doesn't fit into these boxes, she is an archetype and she'll be okay. Um, whereas for us human people, there can be some severe penalties to, um, not fitting into 
societal expectations of femininity. Uh, but for me, like as far as the way I think about those stereotypes or those weird requirements for proper feminine people, um, uh, Babylon really helps to like destabilize the way I even think about them. You know, it really, it really helps me to see how foolish it all is that there are all of these weird requirements that like end up being what we consider feminine, you know? Um, that's really frustrating for me most of the time because I like want to know the secret formula of gender <laughs> and I don't like that gender is so gender is like this it's like trying to hold water you know the harder you squeeze the water into your palm the more water just like falls out of your fingertips that's just how I feel about gender I would like to know the secret formula that is like x plus n equals femininity and then the other one for masculinity and then all the other formulas I just want to know them but it doesn't seem like I'm going to. And most of the time, that's really frustrating for me. But Babylon helps me to see that there can be a, like a fun in that in not knowing, which I don't normally like. But um, it's really stabilizing for me because normally not knowing things is really frustrating. And, you know, something I'd like to admit that's really hard for me to talk about is that... Um, I used to feel like femininity was a curse and because I felt about as comfortable um, presenting as masculinely as I did presenting femininely, I figured, you know, might as well try to become more masculine because as much as I don't feel uncomfortable presenting femininely, people do things to me that I don't like when I'm being perceived as feminine and that stops me from getting the things that I want, you know, where I wanted people to listen to me. I mean, I feel like that's pretty obvious because I make a podcast and people who like to talk and like to be heard make podcasts. But like, I liked to be listened to. I like to be taken seriously. I don't like for people to treat me as incompetent from the jump. Uh, and those are the things that people put on to me when I was a young kid who people perceived as feminine. Um, that really frustrated me to no end. I hate the idea that people are going to treat me as a dum-dum about the things that I really care about and have taken the time to like become knowledgeable in. And that is just the case. If you are any type of feminine person, if you are interested in anything in the world, if you are a feminine person interested in makeup, people still masculine, specifically cis men, will still treat you like you don't know anything about what you do. If you are a stereotypically feminine, any kind of feminine person interested in cooking and homemaking, cis men will still treat you like you don't know anything about what you like. Those are not things that I care about. I am not passionate about makeup and I'm a terrible cook and I don't want to know how to cook um, because I will just have my mom cook for me for eternity. <laughs> but people treat me like I don't know anything about the things that I do care about, uh, like art and podcasts you know I really like making podcasts 
and I've been listening to podcasts since I was 10 years old. And people still treat me like a dum-dum, and I hate that. I hated that more, but I've sort of come to this place where what I want more than sort of illusory respect is authentic self-expression. And, you know, recently I've started feeling like, you know, I want to wear like um, things that are typically understood as feminine more than I want to wear things that are typically understood as masculine, which I've got so many gender frustrations that I'd like to share. Um, but that is for another episode. And the point I'm trying to make with all of this is that Babylon helps me to accept that people will think whatever they want about me. But the truth of the matter is that I don't have to fit into anyone's ideas about who I am. And if there are some things that I do fit into that are true about me, that I don't have to fight that. And that can just be okay. Being myself, being a feminine person can just be okay. That's it. Because I didn't feel like that for a long time. And I especially felt the frustration of this gender conversation in witchcraft and the occult and paganism because we have this issue with gender essentialism in paganism, which I will be doing an episode on. This is not the episode. This is the Babylon episode. Um, But yeah, that is why I want to talk about Babylon. And that is why I personally am passionate about this because I just feel like this archetype, this goddess is so incredibly inspiring to how I see myself and how I like to behave in the world and to this show itself. And I just want to share that, you know? And not to mention, like, the overtly sexual messages of Babylon, right? And I know I didn't go into detail about weird stereotypes that come with being feminine, but Babylon, if Babylon breaks down any stereotypes about femininity, is that you have to be um, demure and, you know vague about sex or that you just have to be submissive period right um in everything including sex which you don't have to be anything i feel like is the message of babylon or you can be everything which is just such a comforting message you know people real people who are not archetypes and who don't live in the hearts and minds of individuals deserve to be sexual if that's what we want and we deserve to be able to explore that sexuality without shame you know if that those sexual acts don't cause you know non-consensual harm to others of course but those are not things that are just factual yet in the world people don't you know I know like sometimes I talk to people right in real life um, and they say, you know, all this sex is just all over the place. Nobody can just be a respectable woman anymore. You just have to be so sexy. What's wrong with not being sexy? And it's really frustrating because, you know, if you just look a little harder, if you just see past your own nose, then it's really obvious that people don't have this imaginary sexual freedom that you think is happening because people 
wear low-cut tops more often than you're used to. And it's really frustrating, you know? There are, like, sex workers are still suffering from legislation and societal expectations that literally harm them, okay? Any kind of LGBT person still being persecuted, especially if you are trans, okay? And it's like people think that there is some kind of sexual revolution right under their noses. But there's still so many issues that haven't been addressed that it doesn't seem like people are willing to address. And that is real hacking frustrating. But Babylon gives me the inspiration to like want to uh, be active in changing the things that I don't like about about people's ideas about sexuality you know and that's real inspiring and uh, I'm surprised I haven't cried on this episode I'm a very big crybaby when something is emotional even if I'm angry like I'm a crier but I think I'm gonna wrap this up I could talk about the things that inspire me about Babylon and my reading of Babylon as queering femininity and and subverting typical expectations of femininity all day I could take all the time of this episode and switch out the segments with just this just me talking like this and it would be probably still longer (laughs) but I do want to wrap this episode up here at this point if you have any questions concerns or comments you can email me at babylonrisingpodcast at gmail.com or if you have those same things but you like want to just chat you could find me on instagram at jezebel.spirit or you can find me on tumblr at the.jezebel.spirit.tumblr.com where i on everywhere i post about art because you know this show is also about art in case you didn't know Um, I talk about art, I talk about spirituality, I talk about being queer. If you want to talk to me about those things, then you know where to go. Um, Anyways, I had such a great time speaking to you, and I hope that we meet again in the next episode. Bye.